1: On today's show, what costs are you not counting when you plan for your retirement? We've got some big ones that need to be included in your plan for retirement income, plus an interview with a special guest straight ahead.
0: This is the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Straight talk about your money, your retirement, and I'm pleased to be joined. Alongside me is John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Yeah, we've got a good show today. Uh, Terry Truspicio is going to be our special guest coming up a little bit later on in the show. And Terry is a uh, an author. She is a brand advisor, but where she's probably most well known, and I shouldn't even say probably because yeah. she is even going to say that and affirm yep. that during uh, our interview, uh, is. The uh, author and speaker of a TED talk that is, I believe she said it was six years six old years now, ago, yeah, uh, that has been watched seven million times. So very popular speaker. She has a new book out, and we're going to talk to her, and it ties right into what we're talking about today. You heard in the open there retirement costs that you may not have thought of. What are you not thinking about when it comes to your retirement income plan, more specifically, the income side of that? And we plan for a living guys we do it every day we we start with a plan right. it, it is the first version of someone's retirement right yeah. but it doesn't end there the plan is important and it's a, an important first step but it is that is all it is is a first step because the planning continues after that so we're going to dive into this concept of the difference between having a plan and planning And I think there's a lot of different analogies that we have to to kind of drive that point home.
2: So I've got an analogy for you in just a moment, but I also want to go back to my my days as a linguist. Um, Y'all know I I used to be a a high school Spanish teacher, and we would talk about different tenses. And... When you're just you know, talking in your own native language, you don't even really think about it. You just use various tenses, and, and your brain doesn't have to engage about which one you need and all of that. You just do it. So if we talk about plan-ing, that I-N-G, we're talking about present progressive tense. So think about just the name of that. It is presently in progress. It's not something that you did one time and left alone. You created a plan, and it's done. You're planning on an ongoing basis, and that's something we really want to focus on. So the, the analogy here, um, back in the 60s when our nation was so focused on getting a man on the moon, um, NASA started talking about this term. It was already in existence prior to this, but they really started talking about the term critical path. And they had their scientists and mathematicians work through this process to determine what is the critical path that we need to be on in order to land where we want to land and when we want to land there. And what what happened, though, in reality is that through the process of, of this trip to the moon that with Apollo 11, they wound up being off that critical path about 95% of the time. So let it soak in that only 5% of the time were they actually on their intended path. The rest of the time, it's, okay, let's do this so we can redirect a little bit. Now we're off path this way. Let's do this so we can redirect a little bit. And really, guys, that's the way we see it in your financial plan that, yes, we put together a plan that is your critical path, if you will, But we know that many times you're going to be off track one way or the other in that. And so we have to adjust. We have to continue planning.
3: Yeah, it is. uh, First of all, plan. uh, The plan is an event planning is basically a, a continuum. It's a relationship. It is an ongoing relationship. And I think when you stop and think about it, life is always going to deal you uncertainties. Uh, you, I, I asked Janet this earlier today. I said, did you envision when you were 20 years old that you would be sitting here yeah. At that in the position that you are in as head as, of Wealth.
2: as, as co CEOs of of Wealth, did right. either one of us envision this? You know, two decades ago or three? No, no, absolutely not. Um, but there was an ongoing process of planning that has led us to where we are. And
3: uh, I think where we're going with this is the the uh, shocks that you're going to hear about today on yeah. the show really are those things that you, you just don't expect. You don't really think mm-hmm. about or what have you. And we do our best to try to, to account for some of those things. And a really good planner is always going to be the person who is uh, thinking about the things that you're not thinking about. And so as we go through these things today, just keep in mind that a plan is something that is very static and you are bought into the end result. But planning is something that pivots according to whatever life deals you. So I think yeah. that's a great jumping off spot, uh, Scott, to talk about that first cost, which is healthcare.
1: Yeah, and I and I, I want to say too that maybe I jumped off with the plan being what we do. I think maybe you could even back up as your starting point and talk about what people think about in their minds when yes. they plan for their retirement, right? Yeah. Because I think people do think, oh, I'm going to have to pay for healthcare, but the only part of the plan in their mind is. Medicare is going to take care of that, right? Right. And, that, and they know about Medicare, but what about what else you're going to have to pay for? And mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're going to go today. Medicare will certainly not cover all of your health care expenses during retirement, and it won't cover most long-term care needs. And you can almost say all long-term care needs because there's only about a 90-day uh, part of long-term care that would potentially get paid by Medicare. You can expect it to cover about two-thirds of the cost of actual health care services during retirement. Now, that's according to the Employee Benefit Research Institute. That institute predicts that a man who is age 65 will need $130,000, and a woman will need an additional $146,000 for a 90% chance of covering these costs through retirement. And that's based on life average lifespans, uh, because obviously a woman uh, statistically lives a little bit longer than a man uh so if you are 65 the expectation there is a man has 18 years of retirement and a woman has 21 but the, the that's a bit those are both big numbers i mean yeah. you're talking in the yeah. neighborhood of $300,000 of out of pocket healthcare expenses for you in retirement so that's quantifying what people i think theorize in their head
3: yeah and i i've got a little quick story i'll, I'll tell a personal story you know this time of year is when you begin to uh, file all of your uh, FSA and HSA claims right. and things of that nature for your flexible spending account for uh, making sure that you're spending dollars on out of pocket healthcare expenses on a pre tax basis as opposed to a post tax basis. So I was doing this the other day and I was working through uh, all of the healthcare expenses that I, just me, just I personally have had this year that were not reimbursed by health insurance. We've got a high deductible health insurance plan, and so a lot of stuff comes out of pocket in this, but it was way over $4,000 that I have spent out of pocket for various, you know, drugs and and, uh, deductibles and all of that.
2: As a relatively healthy
3: pre-retiree. Right. And so when you think about over the course of your lifetime in retirement and the fact that... Medicare is not going to be as great of a benefit to you as my health insurance plan right. is to me, then you can very easily see that that these numbers are real. These aren't just some made up numbers that that some financial advisor says, oh, well, let's throw some big health care numbers in there. So people will invest more money. That's not the point at all. The point is, is these healthcare numbers are real and you're going to have to spend that money at some particular point in time. And so you don't need to have that be a shock to your system as you're thinking about how much income you need to have in retirement or really how much margin you need to have in retirement. One of the things I think is a big danger with this, Scott, is that when people come into plan, we will show them what their portfolio will support in terms of total income. And they all go, well, yeah, I'll take that. Well, maybe you shouldn't take all of that income. Maybe you mm-hmm. should take a little bit less of that income so you do have some margin for things like uh, shocks to the system, like healthcare. Yeah.
2: You know, I've talked about this before. My when my dad passed away, uh, he's been gone about five years now. And my mom, uh, we were going through and I was I was being the obligatory financial advisor, you know, in this process with my mom as well. And and we looked at, okay, dad's social security check is now gone. So you're going to have a couple of thousand dollars less coming into your household each month. How does that impact you? And what she had determined already is, frankly, even though she wasn't going to have his income, she was still net positive monetarily every month because she also did not have his medical expenses, yeah. and, and and it was not. It was not food, shelter differences. It was strictly medical difference that that uh, his costs were so high every single month. And you're talking about in retirement uh, is the time that you need
3: more. I'm just going to call it intensive care. Not think, don't think of ICU right. unit at the hospital, but you need more care, focused care, purposed care in, in, during your retirement years. And and so if you kind of take a look at a list of of some of those costs, Scott, they're 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 really pretty significant.
1: Yeah. And I think long-term care is the one that jumps off the page at me uh, because with the with the out-of-pocket health care cost, that needs to be planned for in, as you referenced, John, your retirement income. Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to long-term care, I think there's a couple of different avenues that you need to analyze there. Do you have a portfolio that's big enough that you can prepare your income to be high enough to cover any potential long-term care expenses that you may incur and that's going to be a big number because long-term care is very expensive or do you need uh, as a solution to leverage an insurance company against that in other words get a long-term care policy
3: yeah the in simple terms you have to determine whether you can self-insure yep or whether you need to backstop whatever you may be able to do to offset some of your long-term care expenses with a policy that is designed to do that. And we think that that is, for the vast majority of people, that is the way that you've got to deal with those long-term care costs. Most folks, uh, you know, frankly, just like to bury their head in the sand yeah. and, and hope it doesn't happen to them, and hope is not a plan. And and in reality, you've got to be able to pivot, and you'll hear that word throughout our broadcast today because we're talking about being able to be flexible and to be pivoting uh, one way or the other when it comes to these unexpected expenses that you could have in retirement.
2: Let's talk about some of these numbers, guys. Uh, For twenty years down the road, we've got some projections, and I'm going to tell you ahead of time there is a little bit of sticker shock in this when you hear these numbers, but I honestly think that they are conservative because this is based on basically about a 3% inflation calculation based on on the ones that we know their current prices and can can go through the math and see where this you know plays out it's about a 3% rate but we know that the rate of inflation in healthcare is much higher than that and has consistently been much higher so even though there is some sticker shock you frankly need to assume that the costs are going to be even higher than what we're talking about. So uh, 20 years down the road, we're looking at for homemaker services, uh, a monthly cost of a little over 8000 so 97000 annually, home health aid uh, in basically the same range, adult day health care, so just uh, during the day. Twenty nine hundred a month, thirty four thousand annually. Assisted living facility, seventy seven hundred a month at ninety three thousand annually. And here's the one that everybody's afraid of, uh, and and hopefully this does not become your reality. But you need to have a plan in place so that it, you have a way to pay for it. Semi private nursing home is fourteen thousand a month or one hundred and sixty eight thousand annually, and a private nursing home room is 16000 a month, 191000 annually. And guys, we've seen um, in past experience that like, time on claim on a long-term care policy on average is about three years. So just play that out in this scenario. It's a significant expense. Scott, I will say that if you have a cavalier
3: attitude about this, ah, well, you know, that, that, yeah, that's probably not going to happen to me or whatever the case may be don't listen to us. Have a conversation with a child of someone who yeah. has been in a long-term care facility and they had to deal with this. It is, uh, I will assure you, you'll get an eye-opening experience on that and you will think about it differently if you have that conversation with that child of a long-term care patient. On well, the bottom line here, failing to prepare for health care and
1: long-term care costs in retirement could be devastating to the savings that you've worked your entire life for. What are your chances of having a successful retirement? We have an opportunity for you to find out for free with our 15-minute retirement checkup. All you have to do is text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 or visit 15minuteretirement.com. We're back in a moment. Retirement costs that you may not have thought of, that is the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show, and we'll dive back into some of those costs in the next segment. But in this segment on the show, we are pleased to have with us Terry Trespicio, who is a writer, a speaker, a brand advisor, and maybe if you've heard of her, you may know of her TED Talk. Her TED Talk called Stop Searching for Your Passion has over 7 million views Welcome to the Get Ready for the Future show, Terry.
4: Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we are glad to have you. So let's talk a little bit about, so I mentioned that you're a writer. you got a new book coming out. Uh, it's just in advance sales right now, right? Uh, we, I don't even yep, think it's we're officially. Pre-order.
4: It's coming out in a couple of days.
1: So pre-order, yep, says right here on the cover, uh, December 21st, so just a few days away. It's called Unfollow Your Passion, How to Create a Life That Matters to You. Tell us about the book.
4: Yes. Well, this book did grow out of that TED Talk. I gave that TED Talk, walked off the stage and thought that was fun. I didn't think I'd ever think of it again. And now it's the only thing anyone's ever seen. <laughs> <that I've done. laughs> I had no idea. I thought that was it. You did it and it's over. And of course, that Talk has grown and grown in popularity. So when years later, we're talking now since six years since I gave that talk, uh, I pitched a book to a publisher that had nothing to do with this. And they said, yeah, yeah, except you're going to have to tie it to that talk because it's the only thing we know uh, people really loved. And so I was like, oh, do you think people still care about that? And of course, people still do, especially now, since mm. as you yeah. guys have been talking on your show, now it has been a real like the past year and a half, a real moment of thinking about what we're doing. And why we're doing it and what we hope it will get us. And so the talk, obviously it's a 10-minute talk. It was really a commercial for the idea of, you know, if we do we have to have the one thing? Is our goal in life to find the one purpose we have on on the planet? Or do we have to find that one passion? And the reason why I think that talk is so popular and why I hope the book will be is because people don't love being asked that question. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure. And we feel pressure when we're asked to deliver a self-assured answer. And so my argument is, I don't believe that you have to find one. If you have one and you're following it, great, Uh, you know, Godspeed. But for those of us who are changing our minds, changing Mm -hmm. our lives, thinking we're going to change tracks, that it's okay to say, let's see what I do next.
3: I think it's really kind of almost a paradox that, that financial planners would have someone who basically says, hey, forget the plan go for planning. But that really, that is very much in line with what we do here at Gen Wealth because we know plans change. We know situations change, and you've got to be able to pivot from a financial standpoint. And I think that's the point you're making in the book, is that it's not about the plan. It is about planning and being sure that you have the leeway to pivot if you need to. Yes,
4: of course. And don't think that the years now of that I've had Of working with advisors hasn't influenced that because people like you have taught me that, in fact, the advisor's job is not to spit out and print a plan that you put on your shelf. But I learned that I had the chance to do with this industry, which has had an influence.
2: So Terry, in talking about a plan versus planning, I know we as financial advisors and people who've who've read your book know what you're talking about and the distinction between those two. But I have a feeling that many of our listeners are like, well, what's the difference? And there's a a chapter in your book that you've devoted to that. Would you develop that a little bit more for our listeners? Yes. The chapter is called Abandon Your Plans, which sounds like, what? That's total mayhem. But
4: of course, uh, the, aside from being two totally different parts of speech, the idea that we have that having the plan guarantees an outcome, as you know, is flawed. Isn't that why compliance exists? Because we can't <laughs> promise that things will turn out the way we say. And yet people think if they made the plan and they made the plan five, 10, 20 years ago, it'll stick. Nothing sticks. And so our ability to plan, to imagine, yes, but also to evolve, to pivot, is critical for us as people, let alone for what you guys do, for your for your living and how you help other people start to see the role as planning. I've had the opportunity to work with advisors for years as a brand advisor, right, helping them kind of craft their messaging. And one of the things I've learned from advisors is, uh, hello, it's not about picking a few stocks and putting it to bed and hoping it works out, see, in a decade. It's about, we, I mean, every great advisor has said to me, we meet up again. We keep revisiting it. And we, you know we're not done. It's an ongoing conversation. We don't think of plans that way. We think we set the plan. And what do you mean you're breaking the plan? Here's a little bit from psychology that I learned, uh, Janet, that I think is, is worth including. I went back to Dan Gilbert's book, *Stumbling on Happiness, which I loved. He's a psychologist, and he puts planning in perspective for us. He says, consider this. It took 500 million years for the first proto-human brains to emerge. And then, in the course of 2 million years, the brain doubled its mass. That's a lot in just 2 versus 500 million years. And the part that grew most was the frontal lobe, which is the seat of executive function, which is how we plan everything. So Gilbert talks about it as the time when we built our own time machine. Because before, you're like a, I mean, you're like a cat or a houseplant. Like, you just live in the present. But once we could imagine what could happen, that's a superpower. And yet, it can be a little delusional if we think we can also control the future. Terry, I-
3: I, as I was reading your book, I was reminded of a trip that my family took many, many years ago when I had young kids. My wife had bought into this whole idea of being sure to see all of Disney World in the time that we had, the four days that we had. And so there was this... Uh, general patent-worthy battle plan of attacking (laughs) Disney World. And we were going to be at Space Mountain on this time, and we were going to be here on this time, and we had to be over here on this time. And by day three of the four, I was totally exhausted. And everybody thinks that I intentionally lost my my day pass, so I didn't have to go back on day four, but it actually did get uh, just... Poof, gone. Seriously,
4: (laughs) vaporized. Yeah, vaporized.
3: But what it actually afforded me the opportunity to do then was I couldn't go to the park because I didn't have a pass, but actually there was a space shuttle launch over at cape canaveral that same day and i had the opportunity to go over and really find a a great moment in my life and watch a space shuttle go up because i was a kid that was raised on all the apollo uh launches and moon landings and all that type of thing i was fascinated by that and it is really those types of things i think that that planning versus a plan gives you. Because there are opportunities that are out there that you may or may not know of that if you are so focused on trying to get this uh, one plan done, you may miss opportunities out there that you don't really understand are there.
4: You could have said, my whole trip was ruined. I lost my pass because, and you could have blamed someone. You could say said, this didn't work out the way we planned, but instead you found something else to do, which I think is very interesting because you're watching the launch of a space shuttle, which talk about planning every, the nth degree of every second of that launch is planned, but you were not in charge of that plan.
3: Right. Exactly. And you
4: got to actually enjoy it. So in some ways, yeah, of course, if, if you hadn't lost your past, you'd be there, you know, waiting in line for space mountain again. But the fact is you're right. These are gifts if we choose to see them that way, they're opportunities and they allow for study. Ironically, uh, even though it sounds kind of oxymoronic, but having plans does allow us to be spontaneous because we have something yeah. to depart from. Yeah. I'm not a fan of, it either I'm sure or you guys, flying willy-nilly through everything. I mean, that that is very disconcerting for most people, but our ability to plan as a muscle, to flex it when we want to and know when we want to depart from it matters. Actually, Janet, this reminds me a lot of that episode... In October, where you talked about how people were more afraid of retirement than death. And you said it wasn't that people were afraid of being broke or afraid of losing their homes. It was literally fear of retirement. And you said that's about a lack of control, that once we're off in retirement, it feels like we don't have agency in the world anymore. And so that's the same thing as plans. We get overly attached to our sense of control. And with plans, it's often a false sense of control. We don't have control over the outcomes, which is why the most important thing is to plan the actions, which, I mean, I don't need to tell you that, but that's what I talk about in the book, is that being attached to outcomes is what brings misery. Just ask Eckhart Tolle, who wrote The Power of Now. He said, you know, you're you're not upset. Well, this is my example, not his. If it rains on beach day, you're not gonna be sad because water falling from the sky makes you sad. It makes you sad because you had imagined something different. You had imagined a different kind of day, and we're trying to justify those two things. Our lives will be a misery if we continue to assume they have to work out according to plan in order for us to be happy. That's a dangerous recipe, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I do. Scott. Yeah, it's the expectation versus really the 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 key difference between retirement and financial independence. I think what I hear when I when I hear you talk about those things is because if you're working for retirement and you don't have any kind of idea what that's going to look like, that's that that word even I think oh. has a connotation mm-hmm. that can be negative versus financial independence. You mentioned that word; it gives you the freedom to depart from the original plan. So I think about you know you you said uh, you were talking about passion often comes after action, and that could be in our work life, but that could also be after retirement. So what way do you think maybe searching for inspiration or passion first may be holding some of our listeners back?
4: Yes, it can limit us, Uh, and this comes out of some research from Stanford that I talk about in the book, a paper published in Psychological Science that showed that people with a fixed mindset— versus a growth mindset. Growth meaning I can develop and cultivate my abilities and interests. Fixed meaning I'm set in stone, this is what I got, this is it. The people who had a fixed mindset, and you can have a fixed mindset about anything, but the ones who had it about passion specifically, about choosing a path, were more likely to curtail developing interests in other areas. They were more likely to assume that their passion would deliver endless, boundless motivation, never happens, and they also The minute they hit a rough spot, we're more likely to give up and say, oh, I guess this isn't my right passion after all. That is also a recipe for misery, because you don't give yourself a chance to develop, which is why the period of retirement doesn't have to be, okay, well, as you know, you're out, put out to pasture, and you're done. It's about what will I cultivate next, because your life changes so dramatically when you're not going to a job every day, and you're changing your responsibilities, and as you said, the way you get paid. Mm -hmm. What if we looked at that next chapter as a way to explore what we haven't before? Things that we don't know that we like yet. The passion, to my mind, is not a major, you know, it's not a melon that you pick out of a pile. It's our natural human capacity for being engaged in what's in front of us. But if we don't give ourselves a chance to try things, we might never experience it to its fullest capacity.
1: Terry Crespicio has been our guest on the Get Ready for the Future show today. She's a writer. She's a speaker, brand advisor, and uh, the TED Talk engineer. It's called Stop Searching for Your Passion. It has over 7 million views, and she has a new book out that we talked about in the first part of that segment, Unfollow Your Passion, How to Create a Life That Matters to You. Terry, want to give you a chance to tell listeners how they can get connected with you and even get a copy of the book.
4: Yeah, I'm no dummy. I bought unfollowyourpassion.com. That's very wise. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, let's make this really easy. So if you go there, you can uh, order the book, ideally pre-order it and get um, access to a whole host of other bonuses, uh, all in line with helping you start to see what you might do next.
1: Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you very much for your time today, for joining us. I know you're very busy and we appreciate uh, you appearing with us on the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you. I'm Scott Inman with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker talking about the costs you may not be counting when you plan for your retirement and specifically your retirement income. Do want to say thanks one more time to Terry Trespicio for joining us on today's show. Uh, I know you guys have had a chance to read some of her book. Yep. Uh, it's very, a very interesting read and I, and I think that can reposition a lot of people's mindsets on this idea of a plan versus planning. And, you know, again, in the first part of our show, we talked about if your plan is in your mind and it's not on paper, that's the first problem. And going through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, you do have a written plan for retirement on paper, on purpose that you hold. And that's one step of the process. But if we just give you that three ring binder with all of that information in it and never meet with you again, there's no planning.
3: That's right. And one of the most shocking things that I think I've experienced in, in my professional life is I I uh, had a client relate to me that he had been with another financial advisor and he had some questions and he wanted to go by and see this financial advisor. And it was a couple of months after he had already had his annual review with that advisor mm-hmm. And he walked into the office to talk to the financial advisor, and the financial advisor was just gruff with him. And he goes, no, no, you've already had your annual review. You'll have to come back next year.
0: Hmm.
2: I hmm. cannot
3: imagine. Yeah, it, it. but it happened. And yeah. what you've got to understand about what we're trying to get across in our, in our theme today is that planning is a process. Mm-hmm. And walking through that pr- planning process with an advisor who is skilled in the areas of pivoting your financial plan and helping you think about things differently has a great value to it and I think that's something that that as you begin to look at the journey that you're on through uh, to and through retirement I think that is a critical nature of of the the idea that you've got to have or the intention that you've got to have as you launch into selecting a financial advisor are they going to be with you to help you pivot or are they just going to give you are they even going to give you a plan are they just going to give you some investments that's what most advisors actually frankly do are they going to just give you some investments or are they going to be with you on this journey to help you pivot
1: it is very easy to step into the gen wealth ready to retire process we have a toll-free number you can call 866653 plan that's 86665375 or you can send an email just send it to info at get ready for the to begin the process that process entails a couple of appointments with a gen wealth advisor the first is complimentary it's just a discussion that you can have with the advisor we'll talk about some of the things that you may have heard on this show if you uh, listen but as it applies to you specifically and building a unique plan for you and at that point you can make a decision whether you'd like to move forward into a relationship with a Gen wealth advisor. So we're talking today about the costs you may not have counted on in retirement. And our first segment was all about health care and long-term care costs and really the, the shocking reality of what that could potentially cost you in actual dollars in retirement and how to plan for that. This is another one that people are very aware of theoretically, right? Yes, they, right. A lot of clients come in here the first time, and that's one of the main things they want to talk about is taxes.
3: Yeah. And I think this is a, a real complex uh, situation mm-hmm. that you have with people because number one, a lot of people are are shocked to hear that you have to pay taxes on social security. And most people do. If you have any level of decent income, you're probably going to pay taxes on your social security, either 50% or 85% of your social security is likely taxable. The other thing that, that really is comes as a shock to most people is that if, they, if we ask them, how much money do you need to coming in per month, and they'll say, oh, well, I can probably get by with $5,000 a month or whatever that number is. When we come back, we're actually going to give them a plan for about $6,500 a month right. because you are spending dollars that have not been taxed before in in most cases and therefore you have to be in a situation where you account for those taxes so you net that five thousand dollars
2: so most people are drawing their income from what has been their 401k in the past many times at this point it's a traditional ira but this is one of the many reasons, uh, the the main reason that we tell people: if you have an option, and this is not across the board, so don't take this and run with it regardless of age. Uh, but for for younger people especially, if you have an option to contribute to a Roth four hundred one k as opposed to just a they don't use the term traditional four hundred one k, but in terms of how it's taxed, it would be a traditional four hundred one k. If you have the option to contribute Roth dollars, you need to take advantage of that. Now. Let me be clear the, the match that you get from your employer is still going to be in traditional dollars. And what this means when you get to the point of retirement is that the money that you have contributed, Roth money, is not going to be taxed when you withdraw it because you've already paid taxes on that when you put it in. But the money that your employer has contributed will be taxed. And so you've at least got this balance of dollars in there where not everything that you withdraw is going to be taxable. And that can make a big difference for people because, frankly, guys, what we see, and this is not 100% of the time, but the vast majority of the time all of somebody's retirement dollars are taxable. And that gets into not only the taxes that you pay, you know, as you're withdrawing right now, but it also gets into an RMD nightmare sometimes for Mm -hmm. people when they hit 72. So there's a lot of different factors in that.
3: And I would go as far as to say that if you have an employer that you've got a 401k and it's a traditional 401k, you need to ask about a Roth option and, and see if they can install a Roth option in your 401k. And if they can't change the current 401k to uh, add a Roth option, then change your 401k provider and and business owners. If you're out there Mm -hmm. and need to talk about that, we've got advisors that are very skilled at doing that and helping you to establish a Roth option in your 401k. Because as Janet said, for particularly young people in their twenties, thirties, forties, a Roth option is really the way to go in most cases for them in their accumulation of retirement income dollars.
1: Now the thing about taxes too, we talk when we talk about risk, we talk about you can't avoid it, you can only manage it. Right. Same right. is true about taxes. If anybody's telling you there's this special secret way to avoid paying taxes on some of your retirement dollars, you need to run from that. It's about planning to manage that tax burden,
3: you're, time. you're absolutely right, and a lot of people are trying to make their hay, so to speak, on scaring people to death and saying, "Well, we've got the, the the secret way for you to do this." Well, it's that that is so much BS. It's not even funny. Yeah. you know there there are hard and fast tax laws, and there is really no way around paying taxes on qualified money.
2: I mean. Can we ask Willie Nelson what happens when you don't pay your taxes? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, seriously, there's yes. there's not a way around this, and yeah. I don't care who you are. There are wiser ways to do it, yeah. but there's not a way around it.
1: Yeah. So I want to go back to that Social Security component, too. You talked about people are shocked to know that your Social social Security benefit, in mm-hmm. most cases, is going to be partially Taxable, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so a certain level of income, a, a low income, your Social Security is not taxable. But if you have about thirty to forty thousand dollars of income, then that's when Social Security becomes taxable. Up to fifty percent of your Social Security is taxable at that income level. But then, at, at a higher level. 85% of your Social Security is actually taxable. And that comes as a real shock to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, and, and that kicks in for a married couple filing jointly. Um, that 85% kicks in if their income is over $44,000. So we're not talking about for a household, a lot of money. I mean, it, it's if you're at a, a survival level, you know, in the state of Arkansas, you're going to be paying taxes on your Social Security.
3: And uh, let's talk about what makes up that income. It's virtually yeah. anything you have coming in, even the tax free dividends from municipal bonds are considered to be income when they're calculating what is known as provisional income, and that provisional income is the number that they use to determine whether Social Security is taxable or not.
2: But there's an exception, there and it's is. the hero of this segment. What that,
3: is it? That's right. It's a Roth IRA income mm-hmm. or Roth four oh one K income. Roth money is is excluded from the provisional income list of, of things that count as income. So uh ergo you've got a a situation where if all you had was Roth income, yeah, then your social security wouldn't be taxable. That's right. So there in lies the, the benefit for younger people to be accumulating social security, I'm sorry, accumulated Roth, Roth money, yeah. because if they, under current law, if they want their social security to not be taxable, they could depend on that Roth money to, to arrange that. One more
1: point on taxes before we move on to our next uh, cost, and that's home renovations. No other, I think, uh, could highlight better the difference between a a plan and planning than when you're talking about legislative changes to your retirement. If you go back to early 2020 Mm -hmm. or before 2020, there was one rule that governed inherited IRA dollars. And now post 2020, they changed the law dramatically in how your uh, next generation, your kids are going to receive that inherited money. And that can affect planning
3: as well. So let's go over those changes real quick as well. So in terms of the CARES Act, you've got a situation where it used to be that a non-spouse beneficiary could inherit an IRA and stretch out the withdrawals over the course of their lifetime right. and keep the taxation at a fairly minimal level on even big inherited IRAs. Now, the law is that you've got to take that money out within a 10-year period of time. And here is the, the reality of the consequences of that. Most people are going to inherit an IRA from their parents who are going to pass away, let's say, in their 70s or 80s. That would mean their kids are in their 40s or 50s, usually their they're largest earning years yeah. of their life, the highest level of income during their life. And let's say that your parents give you a million-dollar IRA. Hallelujah, you got a million-dollar IRA. But by the way, you've got to take approximately $100,000 of that IRA out every year and add it to your then-current income.
2: And frankly, it winds up being more than $100,000 because of the growth in the remaining $900,000 after the first year. That's right. right.
3: And so it it does get complex, but it does bear out exactly what you were talking about, Scott. You've got to have a well-seasoned professional walking alongside you Uh, for an extended period of time to navigate all these changes. That's why we do what we do here at GenWealth. That's why we are set up the way that we're set up. We have bench depth of advisors and several advisors working on your plan together. So if something happens with one advisor, there's a backup there to help you and, and continue on in that journey. It is a process that we have honed down called the Ready to Retire process. And I think it's a very advantageous thing for folks to take advantage of if they're headed into retirement.
1: Two ways you can do that. Reach out via phone, 866 653 LAN. That's 866 Or you can just send us an email, send it to this address, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And Anna Olive, who is our client introductory specialist, will get back in touch with you to set that first complimentary appointment with a Wealth advisor so that you can begin going down the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. One more segment when we talk about these costs that you may not be counting on in retirement when we come back. The costs that you may not be counting when you plan for retirement. We've got some big ones on today's show. We've gone over health care costs and the shocking numbers that you can expect to potentially, on average, have to spend out of pocket, additional to what Medicare will cover, including the very large expense of potentially needing long-term care in retirement. The last segment, we talked about taxes, how to manage that uh, with all of the taxable uh, streams of income that you will be receiving in retirement. And our final two are in this stop on the show our cost number four is our cost number three in the show is home renovations now that's not something you really think about I think we have discussions oftentimes uh, with clients about are you going to stay in the home you're currently in because that really matters mm-hmm. from a standpoint of debt a lot of times so if, if you have a mortgage or if you're debt free are you going to incur another mortgage in any way by moving into a new home but even if you are staying, In the home that you're in at retirement and plan to be there the rest of your life, if you have a significantly long retirement, guys,
3: there can be some really big costs in there. Here's what we see historically. There are, it's really kind of a phenomenon. The first one is, for whatever reason, retirement triggers an itch in people Mm -hmm. to do some updates to their house. I guess they feel like if I'm going to be here and I'm going to not be going to work, I want to look at something different than what I've looked at the last 20 years or whatever the case may be. So we often see right at the beginning of retirement or right before people retire, they get really busy making home improvements, and I will call them improvements. They'll you know, put in a hot tub, or they'll put in a swimming pool, or they'll mm-hmm. renovate the kitchen, mm-hmm. or update the bathrooms, or whatever the case may be. They will do what I would call positive improvements to the home. But then later, you've got renovations to the home that have to be done Frankly, because of healthcare con- concerns.
2: Yeah, I mean things like adding a wheelchair ramp, making you know bathrooms handicap accessible, that type of thing. That can get pretty expensive, and and you know also I would just say just maintenance on your house. I, I mean, guys roofs used to last as long as your mortgage did, basically, <laughs> yeah. and now they don't. The News roofing flash. companies figured out that there was no bonus yeah, in, in them yeah. having
3: longer-lasting products.
2: They're working on that recurring revenue plan by <laughs> right. uh, right. uh, causing us to have to replace them more often, and so seriously, that's that's a significant expense that when it needs to be done, it needs to be done, because if you don't do it, it causes other issues, so whether it is ongoing maintenance, whether it's just updating the house because you want to, or whether it is you know because of medical needs, there's going to be some housing cost, if you will, to adjust things over time. And if you don't plan for that, it can it can throw your plan off course for yeah. sure.
1: And I think what we see uh, with most of our clients, at least my personal experience working with clients, is is oftentimes they've got that money set aside for the first one, right? Oh, yeah. right. yeah. When they're yeah. getting ready to walk away from work, they've been thinking about it. That that. kitchen remodel is is all set. They've got it covered. But what about moving forward there in their retirement income plan uh, in terms of setting more money aside over the years for the next round of renovations, whether they're fun to think about or not, as you were talking about with um, them being healthcare related. Absolutely. All right. So our final cost uh, that you may not be counting when you plan for retirement is not planning with a trusted advisor, and and notice the word there, planning, not not creating a one-time plan and only getting your annual review and refusing to see somebody. Yeah. As you talked about, you had a client who once had an advisor like that. It is an ongoing process with a trusted advisor. I would say the relationship is so key. We've got some data here, uh, some research that Morningstar has done researching the effects that the right financial advice could make on the growth of retirement accounts. Now, that's just on the actual value of the accounts, Morningstar researchers took five separate issues related to making good financial decisions. They are allocating clients' total assets, income planning and account decisions, retirement planning product options, leveraging tax advantages through allocation and withdrawal strategies, and considering expected retirement expenses, which we've spent a lot of time talking about on this show. And that study concluded that using the improved methods as recommended by financial advisors, could boost retirement accounts for clients by 22.6%.
3: That is an astounding number. And that is just talking about the investment portion of this. But I think that, that obviously, as we have said for years, we said in our book, your retirement should be more. And your retirement is more than just investments. Your retirement is really about navigating the unexpected navigating changes in your mind about what you want to do in retirement, how you want to spend your time. Uh, there's all kinds of things as, as Terry alluded to in her interview, you know, life is, is just this wide open landscape that every day you get up and it could be different than yesterday. It could be good, different, or it could be bad, different. And, and you got to just kind of be able to pivot and to be able to accommodate whatever life throws you. And I think that is the benefit, Janet, of planning as opposed to just establishing a plan and saying this is where it is. And nowhere, I I don't think anywhere, (coughs) pardon me, anywhere is there a more uh, stark reality of this than someone who goes on a pension. Yeah. And their income is set for life. And that is it. They don't get any more And they probably will get a little bit of Social Security benefit increase because of cost of living. But they are then set as far as their income is concerned. And if they don't have any other assets to pivot with, then that's a problem.
2: Well, and the the whole point of planning is to give you options and flexibility and like you're talking about in this example if if a pension is is really your primary source of income along with social security maybe then you don't have a whole lot of flexibility there's nothing outside of those income streams that you're really working with so begin to look at how do you plan on an ongoing basis How do you plan for these things that I promise you out of the list that we went through, you know, some of this is going to impact you in one way or another. Uh, Maybe not all of them, but some of these areas will impact you. So how do you on an ongoing basis have that flexibility? And we would say that it is by continuing to plan with a, a trusted advisor on an ongoing basis. Scott, that's why we
3: have software that we are able to do Forecasting with, and we're able to do strategies with, and to model certain things. And and when I think it's very important to understand that when you come in to Gen Wealth, one of the things that you will find that we do from a retirement income planning standpoint is we got investments in all kinds of asset classes, right? Because we know that one asset class—hear me say—like the S and P 500 large cap growth stocks are not always going to go up in value Mm -hmm. and we've got to understand that you have to be able to take advantage of whatever it is the market is giving you Uh, the market can give you really good returns like we've had for the past two or three years very good returns Or the market can give you really terrible returns like we did in 2000, 2001, 2002, a three-year period of time where the market progressively went down, worst three-year period of time ever in the history of the market. And so there can be different circumstances that go on that you've got to be able to, to adjust to and actually take advantage of when the market does give you something that you don't expect. Many of our clients, when they come in, they know from the get-go that they don't know
1: everything, and that's why they're there, right? They want to know what they're not thinking of in in the uh, regards to the show we've had today. What costs are you not counting on? They know there are costs that they haven't counted on, and the data, the statistics back this up. Most non-retired adults have some type of, of Nest Egg, but only 36% think their retirement savings are on track. That's according to the Federal Reserve. I think that's interesting that the uh, Federal Reserve is doing that study. That's, that's another show entirely. But 36% of non retired adults think that their retirement savings are on track because it, you don't know. You don't yeah. know what you don't know. And if you don't have a clear, definitive monthly income, plan that accounts for inflation and raises that monthly income over the course of your retirement, you've got a number. You've got a monthly statement, as you're fond of saying, with an account value. Mm -hmm. And to translate that into a retirement income plan is so important.
3: It is. And I think you've got to also have that asset of a person to look across the table at you and say, what is it that we're not thinking about? Let's think about this. Let's think about that. And and I know that can seem overwhelming at times to people when they're just trying to retire, but it is a critical part of the planning process. And you'll get that as you work with an advisor here at Wealth. You're getting really good at finishing up right as the bell sounds. I try. I try really hard not to go over. I think last week I went right
1: through it for like 20 seconds. <laughs> I, I, you, yeah. I, I was in a really good frame of mind. Had you were on a I was on too much of a roll. But we are running out of time, so I'll try not to do it again. Time for our final thoughts. You heard the bell. Janet, we'll start with you.
2: So I'll go back to the critical path concept that we talked about earlier in the show, that when NASA was working to land a man on the moon, they developed this path. But what they found is that Apollo 11 was really on that critical path only about 5% of the time. So 95% of the time it was off. But we know that when when they landed, we heard this phrase, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Well, Terry Trespicio has a quote that kind of goes along with that. She says, your life is not one big leap. It's a series of steps. Each one is an incremental move that determines your direction. So think about this. Where are you on your critical path? Are you on path? Are you on that critical path during that 5% of the time? Or are you, is this part of the 95% where you're off path a little bit? And what financial decisions can you change and make differently to get you back on that critical path?
3: So I would say that, I, you know, my final thoughts are just take stock of what we've talked about today. The, the costs that you could not be potentially expecting in retirement are health care, misunderstanding your plan, income taxes, home renovations, and not working with a trusted advisor. How many of those are your advisors talking to you about? if you're not having that conversation, you do need to have the conversation. Maybe you need to have it with a Gen Wealth advisor. Give us a call 866-653-7526. And you can also find out if you're going to have a good chance of a successful retirement
1: by going to our 15-minute retirement checkup. Text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 or visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's all for this week's show. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.